You're listening to episode 13 of the Afros and Pixie Dust podcast, Drawn to the Magic with Eddie. Hey, Diz friends. Welcome to episode 13 of the Afros and Pixie Dust podcast. Once again, I am your host, June. This past week, Toy Story was released and I absolutely loved it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. I was super nervous going into the movie theater because I was ready to bawl my eyes out. And while I wasn't a complete blubbering mess, I did shed a few thug tears towards the end of the movie and they were happy tears. I think that the movie was such a great ending to a phenomenal series. If this series is ending... (laughs) And I just want to say thank you to the whole team at Pixar and at Disney for all the hard work you put into this movie and all the movies throughout the 24 years that Toy Story has been in our lives. I really, really enjoyed the Combat Carl cameo. If y'all don't know, he's my dude and he definitely gets a high five from me. And my children loved Ducky and Bunny, especially my son. He could not stop talking about them. And he's actually asking for a Toy Story 10. So uh, Pixar may have some work to do. (laughs) But the evolution of the animation throughout this franchise has been incredible to witness. And I can't wait to see what else Pixar has in store for the years to come. So now let's get on to this week's guest. This week's guest is Eddie. He is from Vallejo, California, and is a longtime Disney lover and a Disneyland annual pass holder. His Disney love has led him down the path of animation and performance, and he strives to be a voice for the black community through his art. I had such a ball chopping it up with him. He has such a great personality and it definitely shines through in this interview. We could not stop laughing. I could not stop smiling throughout the entire interview. And without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Eddie. Hi, Eddie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jim. Emily, this is finally happening. What's up? Yes, so excited <laughs> to have you on. Yes, me, I'm so excited to be on the show. I've been listening to every episode that you have posted, and I was like, I have to be on the show. I just have to. Like, I want to talk Disney and being black and just everything. I've just been waiting, and I got sick, and I'm finally better. All right, I'm so happy you're better. Yes, me too. <laughs> I can go back to work and get some money. Yeah, them summer colds <laughs> is no joke, though. Yeah, no, no. I actually had a mild pneumonia. Oh, my God. I thought it was a cold, and then I was, like, about to uh, start rehearsing for another show, and I just got so sick. I was like, I can't go in, so I finally went to the doctor, and it was like, nothing's wrong with you. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, check me one more time. And then they took x-ray and found pneumonia starting to grow. And I caught it just in time. So I'm so much better. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm glad but, you were an advocate for yourself. Yeah, I still want to be coughing on the podcast. Like, yeah, <laughs> June. <laughs> so I just don't want to do all that. 
So I'm, I'm just glad I'm better. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I'm so happy we can reschedule and we can have you on. Yes. So let's start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Well, okay, you know, my name is Edward Clark. I am from the Bay Area, born and raised. I'm from a city called Vallejo. If people know who Matt Dre is, or if you know who the new singer uh, Her is, I remember seeing her as a dumb child. So I'm from a little small town, not from Oakland. I'm not from San Francisco. I am from Vallejo 707, hyphy movement. So that's where I'm from. And I'm a singer and I'm an animator. I just graduated from San Jose State University with a degree in animation illustration. And um, I've been singing and like doing that. I work at a theme park actually in the Bay Area called California's Great America. And I am usually a performer there, but I also am a decor tech. So I kind of work on like helping decorate the park, which is not as easy as it seems, but it's a very challenging job. But that's what I kind of, that's what I'm doing currently right now. And yeah, that's who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So when did your love of Disney first start? Uh, It's so long ago. Um, I just remember seeing home videos of my family and I going to Disneyland and I was literally a baby. And so I guess being a baby, like just going to Disneyland during that time period was so magical and it was so special because my, my parents worked really hard. My mom was stay at home because it there's it five boys in my family and the two oldest were already gone, but then there's still three of us and I'm the youngest of all five. So my mom had to stay home and, you know, take care of us. And my dad worked in Oakland as a painter for, like, the post office. So he worked really hard all night. But when he had the chance, we were the RV family. So we always would travel, driving up and down, going to, like, the forest, and then literally driving in the RV, pulling up to Disneyland's parking lot in the RV. And we would go in there, and my mom would make us take naps. And I hated that because I wanted to just stay. And we take naps. And she, we would go back to the RV in the parking lot, eat that good old fried chicken that she already had pre-made because she wasn't buying no park food for all these kids. So, and, um, but it was that same love, just um, going at a young age and remembering the rides and what I could and couldn't ride. Funny thing, when I was a kid, I never knew about the Haunted Mansion. I never knew it existed until my senior year of high school because my parents thought that it was just a house in the park (laughs) so we never went (laughs) so it was just that love going at a young age and just experiencing it with my family and my brothers i I just always loved it so is the rv still kicking they actually got new no no that rv's been long gone (laughs) that was back like in 93 okay Um, they got a new one finally praise god but yeah when we couldn't go to disneyland um i loved watching like the sing-along tapes and I wanted to be one of those kids so bad and singing along with Donald Duck on Main Street. And uh, I just wanted to be that child so bad on uh, just, I just loved seeing it and I loved the music, loved the cartoons. And my brother, uh, Joseph, he was a bigger Disney fan than I was back when we were kids. And he was a big fan of like the old Disney, like Black and White, um, Mickey Mouse Club, and like Annette. 
uh, Fetticello. I'm probably saying her name wrong. He's gonna get me. <laughs> just like the like the, it was Zorro and like just the really old Disney stuff. That's like you know that the hardcore fans love. And he would make me watch it, and I used to hate it. And at the time we were kids, we didn't have cable, so we had to like wait for like this uh, one Saturday morning to come on to see the Disney uh, cartoons. Or, like, uh, go to my grandma's house to go watch some Disney stuff. But I didn't really know about Disney Channel until, like, I got a little older. Because it just wasn't in our household, you know. So getting the videotapes and just seeing um, those old cartoons and getting those things, that's what grew my love and my passion for Disney at that young age. So did he have a particular movie that you really liked? Oh, man. I loved Toy Story growing up. And uh, I remember watching a lot of other films like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. But when Toy Story came out, it was something about Mr. Potato Head and his sassiness and his one-liners that I just connected with. <laughs> and I begged and pleaded during Christmas time for my uh, father and my mom to like, please just give me nothing but Toy Story toys. And I think to this day, I still have my original Woody and um, Buzz Lightyear from like like 97. Wow. Whenever it came out. Yeah. It's in the garage somewhere and I got to get it for they throw it away because I would be so upset if they do. That'd be like Toy Story 5. <laughs> listen, come come save them out of the, out of the Goodwill. Um, I was, yeah, I, I love that movie. It was just something about it and that's connected to and just the idea of your toys come into life or what do the toys do when you're not in the room? And it was such a taboo concept. And I think actually, um, I'm also a big Jim Henson fan. And there was a TV special in the eighties that had like the toys come to life that the puppets, but they were puppets, but they're toys. And I think they kind of like got that idea from Jim Henson, but really made it into a film and like, just gave them like, how can we connect to these characters? I mean, I wasn't thinking at that age, all this deep thought, but like, that's, I think what really made me, connect to the movie and another movie that i also really loved was hercules because the muses because <laughs> listen the women sang those songs and i identify with it because i grew up in church i grew up in a good old baptist church and so listening to the muses sing and it was just so electrifying because we had the lion king and which was um you know african story but it's still like a uh, shakespeare story but to see actual black characters on the screen, I was blown away. And then I believe that same year that it came out, I had went to um, Disneyland and that's when they were promoting the parade and then seeing the muses, like the women on the floats, I was like, oh my God, like they're real. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And I just connected so much with them. So those two movies, I would say hands down at that my young age, I would say they're my favorite during that time period. But now I love Coco. What an amazing, amazing story um, about family. I love family stories. I don't really like love stories that much, to tell you the truth. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but with about family, the tears will flow. Give me a box of Kleenex. Somebody come get me. I love family stories because I just connect with them so much. I just love it. I love it. Yeah, Coco is a good one. Oh, and the music. The Yes, the music. And I, Pixar doesn't really have a lot of music in their movies, like like actually like singing a song and breaking out in song. So Coco did an amazing job, I believe, of like really inserting those songs and making it feel a part of the story. It didn't feel like a musical to me. It felt like it's a really good hardcore story. 
We love Coco here. So which characters would you say you identify with most? Well, Mr. Potato Head, because like, that's my inner thought sometimes. I'm a very nice person. <laughs> but like well, when, I, when I'm by myself, I'm like, ooh, I get those, like, those sharp one-liners. I think I identify with him and Donald Duck. I think as well. Um, I always loved his attitude. <laughs> and a lot of times I identify with Donald Duck because I talk so fast. People are like, what did you say? So I reconnect with Donald Duck very much because people can't understand me half the time. I have to repeat myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Potato Head does have some good one-liners and he is very sassy now you come to think of it he was so sassy oh. he got those zingers you know and i really wonder if he's going to be in the new film because the original voice actor passed away yeah and i want to know if he already recorded stuff they're going to use stuff that just you know wasn't there so i look forward to seeing what happens with mr potato head but i really identify with him Mm -hmm. And he had a great storyline in general. The Bachelor and all he just wanted was his other half. And yes, they built a family together. It's beautiful. Uh, See, yet again, family ties. (laughs) He got a wife. He got kids. Well, he adopted them. So, like, you know, I just love all about Mr. Potato Head. He was just just great. It's just amazing to me. I love seeing him at um, California Adventure when it's at the... Toy Story Mania ride and he's outside moving and telling jokes. That's really impressive to me. Do you go to the parks often? Now that I got a pass, I go, I try to go at least once or twice a month. And even though I live in the Bay Area, I still try to go once or twice a month because um, my pass unfortunately expires next month. Jesus, (laughs) help me. I got to find some money. Because now that I go so often, it's been a release. So go at least once or twice a month. I'm actually going next week to go finally experience Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I just been seeing everybody posting about it and I really want to go. So uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> girl. Have fun for the both of us. I'm listen, I'm gonna post it. Y'all go check out and see what I post. I'm excited. I have an eight o'clock reservation. So I have to get up at the butt crack of dawn to get there in time. So make sure I can not be late. <laughs> listen, if you can't be late. No CP time at Disneyland. You know? But yeah, I try to go at least once or twice a month to go experience new things. I went to Dapper Day for the first time. I've been seeing it. And I just had to go. 90s night, I had to go to that. Because I'm a 90s baby. And I had to see what they pull off. And it was really impressive. And yeah, I just try to go at as much as I can. It's been a real stress reliever. Because life, let me tell you, life after school, it hits you hard. <laughs> who you telling <laughs> in june i will wait for children as long as possible mm-hmm. uh-huh. taking care of yourself by yourself is enough so i said yes. when i get a chance to go to disneyland and just forget about work forget about bills until i get back or see how much i spent on accident you know <laughs> I just, and in my own little world in Disneyland. And at my first went, I went with my cast last summer uh, for one of my shows. And then one day when we were there, they all were still asleep at the hotel. And I was like, I really want to go one more time. But no one else was awake. So I went by myself and I was so nervous. I don't know why, but I was so scared because I've never been to a theme park by myself. But when I walked in there, I was like, Oh, I can do this. So I did some solo trips by myself. 
and just let I'm gonna go experience it, get a single rider, get in line, do what I want to do. I don't have to ask nobody. I just go where I want to go, watch the show, get up from the show, you know. So I just love that feeling of just wanting to go and experience the park on my own terms, you know. Yes, I think everyone should go solo at least once because there's things that you will miss because you're in a group, you're socializing or for me as a parent, I'm always making sure I lose nobody. And Mm -hmm. when you go by yourself, the little details really pop out at you. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing what they do in the parks. Yeah. And I, I love detail. I live for detail. That's why I think Disneyland is just amazing in every way or the Disney parks in general. But they're just amazing in every way because the level of detail and not cutting corners, you can look any and everywhere. It's like hidden gems inside Disneyland. I'm such a nerd about theme parks in general because I just love coasters and parks in general. I like sit for hours and hours watching like YouTube videos about like what's hidden inside the Haunted Mansion. Stuff that people just won't care about that the everyday person won't care about. And then when I go to Disneyland, I'll usually say, with, with people I don't know, if I people people that don't know Disneyland like I do, I'll always say, fun fact, point out something. like So I seem smarter than the average person. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and, but I just love the so many details about Disneyland. Also, now that I work at a theme park, I kind of know how things operate at theme parks. And I'm such a nerd that when I watch a show, I will look at the performers but I'll also look for their stage manager. I'll look for the tech <laughs> that, and I'll ask my friends, for example, um, when parades happen, like how do they get all the music cues together? And if you did not know this in Disneyland on the second floor of Main Street, that's where like the central is for like controlling sound and music and speakers. And I think that is so amazing because it's like bringing an element of, live theater to a park experience is not just coasters it's bringing like theater and performance and art and rides all together and blending it together to make an amazing experience yeah and i just i just nerd out about that stuff (laughs) i've actually had the opportunity from working at my theme park i have a friend um i'm gonna give her a shout out her name is cheyenne wells and she is friends with pocahontas and mickey's magical map and she's also at the Disney, I keep forgetting the name of it, not Disney Junior or Disney Playhouse, but whatever the kids watch nowadays, they have a show for the kids in California Adventure, and she does that one too. And she tells me about the whole process. Actually, if you've seen the, um, the new Disneyland um, advertisement with the ears on, everybody get your ears on. Have you heard of that song? Yeah. Yeah, so she's on the commercial for it, basically. And she tells me the whole process of, like, you know, what it takes to be a performer at Disneyland, which I hope to move down to L.A. to go to Disneyland to someday be in uh, Mickey's Magical Map to be playing Sebastian. That's one of my goals. So, but it's just, I just nerd out and, like, want to know more and more about all of these elements that help make this park run. I feel like the imagineers and the just the people that make all the magic happen behind the scenes those are the the mvps like how do you yeah from the concept to reality yeah it must be so many moving parts and to be able to manage all of that is it's incredible 
Yeah, really props to them. I mean, I would love to dig in deep and hopefully I can peel back that onion and find, you know, more people of color in those spaces. I don't know what they are able to share, but at least to share a little bit um, about that. So I'm sure we all would love to hear their experiences and, you know, yeah. what, what they've seen and what they've, how they come up with their ideas. I, um, like I said, like my, most of my life revolves around Disney Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, I, I have to step back sometimes. Like, ooh, good lord! Like, take a break, brother. Because I went to school for animation, and so like, well, I'm, I have a few friends that are working for Disney right now. Currently, I have a few friends that work at Pixar, and I had one friend that actually was uh, an, an Imagineer because she had did a process of being um, in the college Disney Imagineer competition, which I tried out for. I didn't, I didn't win. I didn't even like place, but like, it was still a great experience to like be a part of that um, competition and see the level that it takes to get an idea out there. And she had the opportunity to work on Shanghai, Shanghai Disney, but and she was an amazing artist all around. Like she could sculpt really well, paint really well, but like seeing concepts to, I, to, to reality is very interesting with Imagineers. And I, I would love to do that someday as well. They're just so talented, my God. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. Well, we gonna speak that into existence. I'm gonna stand in. We're gonna speak you. it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> doing, you know, keep working hard. You are gonna get it. You are gonna take notice one day. It's all right. Yeah, I'm just trying <laughs> to work hard. But um, yes. but I had the amazing opportunity to like really be a part of so many things through my college program. My college program was the animation illustration program. And there's a club that we have called the Shrunken Headman Club. Mm-hmm. And it's very well-connected club. It's kind of like a mild fraternity sorority, but my program has opened up the door of really connecting with the industry on the animation side. And they always brought in professionals to speak to us. And the most amazing thing that happened to me my senior year, is I was the only black animator in my graduating class. And my teacher saw how much I loved Disney because most of my class wanted to go into video games, but I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm hardcore Disney, you know? (laughs) And um, my teacher had a grant and she brought in Floyd Norman. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) She brought brought Floyd Norman to uh, speak to our class. It was like, like three weeks before graduation. And I was like, I'm going to go to that no matter what. And she kind of hinted to me, was like, yeah, I invited him for you because, you know, you're the only black person here. (laughs) 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 And I was like so juiced to to like just to hear him talk. Mm -hmm. And so we had class that morning and I went home preparing like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go see him. I'm excited. And my teacher had texted me and was like, hey, do you want to ride with me to the airport to go pick him up, him and his wife up from the airport? Whew. I said, Jesus! <laughs> I just, I just touched my pearls. Can I tell you, I had ran around my room. I said, "What am I gonna wear?" And this is like literally an hour, two hours before going to the airport. So we ride to the airport. His flight was, I guess, delayed or something. And my teacher was like very stressed out, like, "Where is he? Where is he? Oh my God, where is he?" And I was like, "Yo, he's coming. He's coming. I trust he's coming." And I didn't know what I was gonna say to him. And she's like, go check downstairs to see if he's, if he's, you know, down there instead and trying to get his bags. So I went down there and I, I didn't see him. And then I finally turned around and he was right there. And I was like, hi, Mr. Norman, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> and then it was just like, I, it was unbelievable. Cause I seen the documentary and just to know who he is of being the first African-American to work in the studio. And he, and to be a, still a living legend who has actually talked to Walt Disney himself, mm-hmm. you know? And then we finally got into the car, driving back to the campus and we were in like mad traffic. So I'm in the car talking with Floyd Norman and his wife in traffic. And he's very calm, very cool, but his wife is so sassy. And I loved talking to her. And she was telling me how she loves Black Panther. And she was like, yeah, Kendrick Lamar, he's amazing. And that's the same time that uh, Donald Glover's song came out, uh, This Is America. Uh-huh. And she was like, I don't know why his shirt is off. Ooh, he, he need to work out a little more. Like, just it was just <laughs> so funny. And then I was really talking a lot to her because she also works for Disney as well. She's mm-hmm. a painter. Um, she's like one of the lead painters of like, you know, kind of their, their storybooks for kids and, you know, their products. And she was telling me how she was a Black Panther and how she was a part of the movement. She was like, you know, I'm, I'm for the people and how like just pro-Black she was. And it was amazing. And then I asked him, I said, how was it working with Walt Disney or working and seeing him? And he was just like, you know, he was amazing. And some of the stories that people talk about, that they say about him, like the negative, tiv- negative stories, they aren't true. You know, it's about, um, sometimes when you're in power, people have negative things to say about you. And they don't know the real story because they weren't there to experience it. And he said he was never mean to me. and He was such a kind man. And I was like, my God, on today, what a blessing to be in the car with a living Disney legend. And he talked to the students about, like, he's never given up on your dreams. And his father had said to him, "Um, you need to have a backup plan because I don't want you to fail. And he said to his father, I don't intend to fail. And he didn't. And that's the attitude I try to keep going is that I don't intend to fail whatever I do, whatever I do. And so that was an amazing experience just being in college. And that has connected me to other animators. I had the opportunity to take a class at a school called Animation uh, Collaborative, which is right across the street from Pixar. And if people don't know, Pixar is in the hood. <laughs> Listen, it's, in, it's straight up in the hood. It's in Emeryville, California. So like, which is right across the street from like Berkeley and Oakland. Mm-hmm. Like you literally turn the corner and it's like, oh, well, there's Pixar. And then you turn the corner it's like, oh, there's not some good things happening across the street. But <laughs> My teacher was Frank Abney. Frank Abney is an animator. <laughs> Frank Abney is the best because I found I got to meet him when I went. My friend was working at the Walt Disney um, Museum and they had a, a college talk and I got to meet him there. And then I was like, I'm going to stay in contact with you. And so I learned that he was teaching a class at Animation Collaborative. And I said, I'm taking your class. Like, you know, I'm getting up in there. And it was only six of us in the class. It was night class, very small. And he just was so kind down to earth. And it's just so amazing seeing a Black animator such as himself doing what he's doing. And yes. he was inspired. And we're actually kind of from the same town, like uh, same area in uh, the Bay Area. And his, he has an amazing story. I won't really go into it that much. But he was inspired by Lion King because he lost his father and he really connected with it. And he just kept going, kept grinding. And it's finally at Pixar. And... It was so cool the last day, because I've been to Pixar a few times, but the last day of class, he took us to Pixar and we got to see what was happening, what's going on. And he brought us into his office 
and which was so amazing because that's a very restricted area. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say too much, but he opened, he worked on one of the scenes from Incredibles 2 when the father is talking to Frozone about like how stressed out he is about Jack-Jack and Frozone <laughs> makes the ice ball for Jack-Jack to like suck on and just to calm down. Mm-hmm. And he opened up and uh, one thing that Pixar does, they write their own software called Presto to like animate. And he showed us like just how intuitive and how just amazing their program is. And, it, and I got to see an actual working file from the movie. Like no one sees that. No one sees that kind of stuff. And then we had uh, more opportunities to walk around and he was like, hold on, you guys, please hang out in the lobby. I have a meeting for Toy Story 4. And this is way before anything came out. And he was like, I want to let y'all know, but Key and Pill going to be in this movie. And I was like, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's just, yeah, I must say, like, college has really given me the opportunity to connect with um, so many professionals, you know, and talk to them and see how down to earth they really are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. Like Frank has raised my children. I'm like, listen, I just want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allow me to take a shower every now and then. My next goal <laughs> like, is to meet uh uh Bruce uh Smith, the creator of Proud Family, which was another yeah. show that has that show really inspired me to do what I'm doing, to go study what I'm studying, because that show was just unapologetically black and I just loved it. It was yes. amazing. Yes. So when did you decide that you wanted to be an animator? It was actually in 11th grade because I really wanted to be a singer. And right now I'm kind of putting animation on a pause and trying to like just get that in, like trying to perform. But when I was in school, everyone was like, get a backup plan, get a backup plan. And I was going to do business school. And I was like, well, I, I'm not that smart, you know. And so I was going to be a veterinarian, but I was terrible at chemistry. And so one summer or one spring break, I drew a, a picture of my grandfather and brought it back to art class. And she was like, oh, you can really draw. Like, you know, you should kind of pursue, like, animating or something or in that field. So in 11th grade, that's when I made up my mind that I wanted to be um, an animator. And went to community college, and I didn't know where I was going to really go until someone told me about San Jose State. Because also, um, my father is a veteran, so his benefits only paid for state schools, not private schools. So that was the only school for me. Otherwise, I went with Cal Arts and go to the Disney school. And that's where my love for animation really came into play. And just to see the process of making a film, it was it was really eye-opening. And I just loved it. What's been some of your favorite projects that you've done yourself? Um, so when I was in school, I got an opportunity to work on a short film that Adobe, they make Photoshop and uh, mm-hmm. all those kind of products. And so they hired students to, like, you know, make a film. And we got to, like, do a hand-drawn, like, film. And that was such an amazing process that I got to work on. A lot of, st- a lot of student films um, I got opportunities to, like, just work on. And my senior thesis project, we worked on creating more Black character rigs. Because in 3D animation, we have, like, 3D puppets, basically. So everything at Pixar does, they're, like, 3D puppets, and as students learn, there are free programs out there and characters for them to use to, like, practice and do their homework with. But a lot of them are white. They're just, like, generically default white. And so we want to create a character of color, plus size, first of all, plus size black woman for as a free rig. And now that times are progressing, I'm seeing a lot more 
uh, characters for students to use and animate that aren't just a generic white guy. They're giving more Latinos and Black characters, Asian characters. It's so amazing to see that happening because, like I said, I was the only Black animator in my graduating class. And that's my heart and my passion is to see more animators or people in the industry of color, you know, because it's very, it's very much so needed. I could count on my hands how many African-American students passed through my program in the last five years, mm-hmm. you know, and I want people to know that Black people, we like Disney, we like cartoons, <laughs> we like, we like these things, you know, we have stories to tell as well, you know. And I want to create a safe space for that one day for Black animators, Black artists, 3D modelers, storyboarders, you know, and raise them up into, into like, bring them in so that you're not alone out there. So that's why I love the Frank Abneys and the Floyd Normans. They're important to us. They're trailblazers. It helps young people understand that you have options. Like, I, I said this in another episode, me growing up first-generation <clears throat> American, a lot of times you're encouraged to get those stable, steady jobs that have a steady track. The doctors, the lawyers, you know, Mm -hmm. engineers, like you go to school, you know, you're going to get a job when you get out and you, you know, you can work and bring home a paycheck. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times you're not encouraged to reach for a job that might be like a dream or an abstract concept that might not necessarily guarantee that you're going to have work once you get out of school, once right. you, or it doesn't have a necessary track that you can just follow for success. And I love when there are Black people, people of color that can be those role models to show you that you can reach, you can dream. And it's okay to try to do something that is not necessarily expected of you or yeah. that you may be the trailblazer in your space. If that's what you want to do, go for it and do it. And you can achieve it. Don't assume that they won't choose you because you don't look like everyone else. And so right. I'm so yeah. grateful for those people. And I know it must have been difficult for them to be that one, you know, that that one in that room. And so I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for those people that were willing to step out and take that role because it's not easy. Right. And I think it's important for those who do make it to not forget about the students that are coming up. Growing up in Vallejo, the only thing that really was getting people out of there was like sports. And I did not play not a gosh darn thing. My parents didn't for- the only thing my parents forced me to do was go to church mm. and, sing and sing in the choir, you know, but that was the only way out. And no one had a tangible connection to what I wanted to do. The first thing people always say to me is like, oh, you're a graphic designer? I'm like, no. I'm not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I can do some graphic designs, but that's not what I do. They don't understand because it, it's okay because they just don't know. If you're ignorant, you have to like be educated. So you, so now you know. And I've been so fortunate because my mom works at a high school. She's brought some students to my school and I gladly show them this is what you can do. It's possible. Because I had a not-so-favorite uncle in my family that was a firefighter, and he was saying to me all the time, you need to be a firefighter because you won't make it as an animator. And 
for the longest time, I just really did not like that. You know, I have some choice words. I, well, I'm not going to use this. It's a family show. But um, <laughs> I understand where that comes from because a lot of African-Americans had to do things to just survive. But times are changing. So you need those people that step in places that's very uncomfortable and foreign. And it may be hard for them to go through the fire, but they're, they don't know they're making a way for somebody else to come through it. Right. Because Floyd Norman, yeah, was the first one. But now look what we have now. We have Black Panther. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the new Spider-Man with the Black yeah, Peter Ramsey. Like, yeah. like there's, and, that, and to me, besides the boondocks, he was like one of the first on like the big screen, a Black male that's nothing, nothing negative associated with him. That's so important. And I even love The Princess and the Frog. I love that. I love that movie so much. But I had a hard time, you know, not seeing an African-American male in a positive light that stayed the whole whole story. I was sad that her father passed away. And that movie has its place, you know, it really does. But now that we have going, sometimes I feel like my issue sometimes with Disney is that they have a checklist of which princess we have done now in color. And we're not coming back to those stories. I feel like we should keep bringing more princesses of color and you can repeat the same black one. You can repeat another Asian one. It doesn't have to be just Mulan. There's more. There's more stories to be told. Uh, I just love that aspect of new animators coming up and new creators coming in of different colors and cultures. Keep it going. Keep it going. You know? Yeah, I agree. There's a Black American princess, but there's a Caribbean American princess that I'd love to see. I mean, yeah not a Disney but we got a little taste of it in home with Rihanna but I would love to have a West Indian princess with proper accents that's all I asked for <laughs> <laughs> or you know to be out a southern princess I would love a New Yorker princess like yes. <laughs> it's a whole nother culture or you know a west coast princess you know just they don't have to be princesses just characters that represent all the different parts of the world, all the different parts of the country. And the fact that this country is a melting pot is so much to choose from. There's so many different stories that can be made. And that's why we need people of color to make those stories so that it can be accurate. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see this happen and to see the fields grow and become more diverse. Um, and I'm sure it's going to happen. Thank yeah, you. as time goes on, I, I love Pixar that they have shorts every time before their mm-hmm. films. Um, yes. And the one that I, I really, really like, there's like, I have like two posters actually in my room right now. And it's Sanjay, the super team, which is about a little Indian child. I love that one. I forgot which movie it went in front of. It could have been Good Dinosaur. I'm not totally sure. And then Bao that came yeah. out. And that was about a uh, culture. <laughs> yeah, in Oakland. And mm-hmm. like showing a positive light on places like that. You know, we always give credit to San Francisco and, and New York, but there are smaller towns and cities that are still just, just as amazing. And I, I love Bow because it shows a positive light on Oakland because people really say like, oh, I don't want to get shot. I don't want like, like, just shut up. Stop all that, that negative talk. Because the people yeah, really, no. truly knew Walt Disney came to Fairyland in Oakland to get inspired by Disneyland. Mm. Something in Oakland, in the in a town that you think negativity comes from, inspires something that is so amazing. And you never know what culture or what can inspire you 
to make something great. Yeah, don't knock it. Just because you can't hang there don't mean it ain't a beautiful place. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was born and raised in the Bronx, and Lord, we get slammed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I totally get it, but I'll rep it all day, every day, because something beautiful like me came from it. So how bad yeah. could it be? <laughs> you know, it's still it's always good in the hood. Yes, plenty of roses can grow from concrete. Just yep. Saying. That's a word, somebody. Okay. <laughs> so you have been a year as an annual pass holder. Yes. And you go to the parks pretty often. What are some of your favorite things that you've done in the parks? Or what's your go-to thing when you go? Okay, let's see. Go-to thing, for sure. I'm getting on Guardians. And I'm getting <laughs> on the Matterhorn. And oh, Jesus, just oh, it's so good. It's just so good. So I, it's my favorite rides in uh, the parks. Uh, it was Indiana Jones. I still love Indiana Jones. I really, really do. I think I wrote it so much. I kind of like played it out a tiny bit. But the Matterhorn, because it's the first, I think, still coaster in California, I believe. And I love the updates. Because if you ever get a chance to come to Disneyland, that Yeti is something else. And it's rickety. Some people say they're like, you know, okay, okay all right, Edward, I go on one time, but I can ride it back to back. There are two sides. There's a Tomorrowland side, and then there is a Fantasyland side. And I believe my favorite side is the Fantasyland side because it goes a little bit faster. <laughs> and yeah. it got some dips. So that's like my go-to. And Guardians. Oh, now people were upset that Tower of Terror left the park. I love classic Disney rides but i'm never too like you know don't take it out because i feel like it can always get upgraded and the guardians is an amazing upgrade if you ever get a chance to ride that my god on today because it's always different every time and there's always a new song playing it's great <sighs> okay so it's a lot for me to get on tower terror i did guardians <laughs> i did guardians once and <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, if I go to the park with you, I'll do it once, but I you probably voluntarily. You simply must. I force everyone to at least do it one time because I'm going to scream. And because, so they have like a lot of like well known 80 songs because, you know, um, that was part of the movie and it Mm. never gets old. I like rides that shake me around a little bit. You know, I like to feel a little bit endangered. And then after that, nothing really is a go-to like I have to go to it every single time and sometimes I go to the park and I'll just for like three hours I'll be in like one area maybe just eating and just talking and to some that's a waste of time but now that I've gone so much I don't feel the need to rush and do anything it's it's nice to have an angle pass I must say you have a little click yeah before I was going by myself you know Dom because you already interviewed her yeah um also, my friend Erica, she goes quite a bit. Erica's endless magic. That's her Instagram. Like, it's just that girl. It's been amazing getting a chance to meet her and also my friend Evelyn. It's been so good to connect with people that love Disney as much as I do. I connected with Erica and Evelyn at 90s night. and We never met. But I said, hey, because I was going up to, to by myself to 90s night. I was determined just to go. But it was amazing getting to know people. I love seeing the crews that are forming. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Erica had started, she had started a movement. Because that, like, how she's now currently um, really trying to push uh, uh, people of colors, Instagrams, and, like, connecting us together. 
and then it all started with a conversation of like Lily in Toontown, with just like saying like, "Y'all, we don't see enough of each other, and what can we do?" And then that conversation moved from Toontown to New Orleans, and we just talked about it at Dapper Day, and just really got a chance to like really connect with each other. And then she's doing some amazing things, trying to get small businesses and everything together. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful, and I can't wait to have her on. I'm going to give a little shout-out to my good friend, Evelyn. Um, she has an amazing little son named Zeke, and he is also he's an up-and-coming Disney fanatic. Okay. <laughs> he's like three. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the three. next generation. <laughs> you got to train him. <laughs> and the way they should go. <laughs> <laughs> so have you been to any other Disney parks besides the ones in California? Yeah, I went to Disney World. So when I first worked at Great America, some people in my cast, we were like saying we want to go so bad to Disney World because we were just working hard and just saving that money up. And so we went to um, all four parks, actually. And actually, I went to Disney World as a child, but so much has changed since then. And that was an amazing trip. My father said we were RV family. We drove all the way from Vallejo, California to Florida. We were on the road for a month. But we made it to Disney World, and it was an amazing experience. But back then, my favorite park was Animal Kingdom, and still is to this day. What an amazing park. It's so it's so incredible. And I got to go experience uh, Pandora. Oh, that was <laughs> amazing. I don't really know how Fast Passes or whatever, How is it Fast Passes out there? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it really works. Y'all got to, like, get them online or something like that. So. So, <laughs> what is um, this? Petting... <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, peasants, what? Y'all got to wait. What is this peasant way? <laughs> <laughs> so, depending if you stay on property or not, you can book three in advance, either a month or two months out. And then when only you... three? So, when you, when you finish those three in the parks, then you can book one by one afterwards. Um, okay. But all three have to be in one single park in advance. When you use up those three, then you can use one at a time anywhere you want, but you have to use those first three in one single park. That's too much work. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need to get max passes. No, uh, I no, think I must because say. It's, it's so large and it's like so, so many people that yeah. day, it's hard to just do it day of. It, it, the system will probably crash, first of all. <laughs> it, might, it actually might, because you actually know our Disneyland app isn't the best, I must say, because sometimes it'd be freezing on us. But I'm like, what the? So I could I could see that, because it needs a, a large Wi-Fi and server, you know, so I could see that being, get your things in advance, which could have helped us out, because I waited in line. Now imagine, this is when a lot of passes like, kind of like, first opened up, I waited two hours in line. Ooh, baby, no. <laughs> I know, I know, dumb Californian. <laughs> but it was worth it, though, because that was, it was amazing. Now, the Navi River, I was upset with that. Yeah. It was too short. I was like, what the? But the animatronic was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I love Flight of Passage, but I've waited online once, and I will never do it again. Yeah, now I'm like, okay, I experienced it. Um, <laughs> but also, I loved, uh, they had the Finding Nemo musical inside mm-hmm. that park, and I never knew about it, and we watched it, and I almost cried. I'm like, how y'all make me cry in like 20 minutes? So, that was an amazing experience. It was really, really, really cool. And what's uh, what's the ride? It's like, 
your version of Matterhorn, but like it's like bigger and amazing. Expedition Everest. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I wish I was there when the, um, the Yeti was working or whatever he's called. Mm-hmm. The, the flash, the strobing Yeti is cool, but I would prefer seeing him move. And I don't want it to fall down. So, <laughs> <laughs> one thing about Florida, like y'all have a stupid amount of land. Like, and I was like, why are there so many like this random lakes on the freeway? It's just so much land everywhere that's the thing the beauty about disney world they don't have to take anything away they can just keep expanding yeah disneyland unfortunately we have to take things out because all those dumb hotels the little cheap motels are all around and they can't they just can't you know um add on without taking something away yeah um, but that's that's an that's amazing part about disney world but listen that heat though mm. <laughs> look I'm from New York. I I get heat like two weeks out the year, so I feel you on that. I just, I just couldn't breathe at one point. And like when I first when I went to Epcot, we went inside the land, uh-huh. and it was a nice day. You know, we came out of the ride, and then the whole pavilion was just filled with people. I said, "What? What happened? Is there a sale?" And it was <laughs> raining cats and dogs. And yeah. one thing about Disney World, I must say, is well, it's at Epcot. It's terrible. There's no good drainage system. Yeah. And it flooded. And like we just said, oh well, we just walked around in our sock and our shoes. Cause it wasn't like cold water. It was like, you know, warm water. Right. But still, like it was just like, my gosh, like y'all should kind of fix this. <laughs> well, it's tropical. Um, it's tropical because it's, you know, that climate and um it's it's a swamp. <laughs> so yeah it's just it, it boggles my mind because like california people think that's really green california is a desert mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. it's a straight up desert so when i went down there i was fascinated it's just so green and i was like my god on today it was just so green i yeah. just couldn't believe it oh and the cicadas are terrifying <laughs> what is that <laughs> I, th- I literally thought that it was just so hot that the power lines were sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. I thought the power lines were sizzling until somebody in the park said, oh, they miss cicadas. <laughs> I said, what is that? <laughs> they in the trees. I said, oh, hell no. Sorry. Yeah. I, cut- I was like, uh-uh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so I don't touch no trees at Disney World. I just stay clear of them. <laughs> Y'all got the real... Real jungle cruise up there. I couldn't do it. Yeah, they're usually seasonal, but yeah, when they come, they come. Oh, I'm yeah. good. So <laughs> I'll be there in the winter time uh, when it's a nice seventy degrees. I know it's hot pretty year round in Disney yeah. World, which also amazes me because yesterday or two days ago in California, it was like a hundred degrees, and we have like dry heat, like you know, just like ugh, mm-hmm. you know. And at my theme park, was a certain temperature characters cannot walk out because it's just too hot mm-hmm. but i know at disney world there's just like well it's hot all the time it's like y'all got to go out there you know and i'm just like i couldn't imagine being a character performing in such heat yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i, know they have I a mean time limit you know they yeah they do take frequent breaks because i remember one time i was there in like i think it was july and i was trying to meet some of the toy story characters and they took like legit probably every five minutes they took a break and I I totally understood but yeah. I didn't think I had to stand there and melt. <laughs> I know that they have ice vests for performers inside them 
so they don't get too overheated, but it's still so hot. Yeah, them it can't last very long. And yeah, I melted so much that Jesse hugged me and I smeared makeup all over her face. <laughs> I was like, Sorry, <laughs> that that's hot. That's yeah. that's hot. <laughs> that is hot. Okay. I didn't at one point I didn't even have to put lotion on. I said, for what? <laughs> <laughs> for what? <laughs> I do like uh, the comparison of some of the rides because, like, you guys don't have every ride that Disneyland has. So, like, one thing I must say, our Space Mountain is faster. Okay. But I do like how it's, like, one-seated. That's kind of cool. I believe, like, in the 70s, they updated the track or something in Disneyland, something like that. And you guys have a more amazing Splash Mountain. Okay. That that was cool. Your Pirates of the Caribbean is very short. I don't know why. I have no idea why it's so short. But if you're coming to Disneyland, like it's really, it's really long. Okay. And Tiki Room, your Tiki Room is really huge. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really big, and I was so sad that I missed the Iago and Zazu takeover. I heard people didn't like it, but I really wanted to see it. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one. I just started going in the Tiki Room. <laughs> yeah. See, that's where I go when I'm tired. I want to take a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go to Carousel of Progress. <laughs> Oh, I've never experienced that. I'm pretty sure it's boring. Ooh, I go up in there. If I can't relate to it, it is what it is. And so, <laughs> yeah, I think people are very scared to say what their Disneyland taboo is. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, I love the Tiki Room, but I just, I'll go in there to sleep because it's really calming when it's hot. Yeah. But the one thing I experienced at Disneyland is uh, great moments with Lincoln. Okay. I just wanted to experience it, just experience it, and that was good enough for me. <laughs> I thought I was in a lecture hall. I was like, boo. (laughs) It was very educational. Yes. 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 (laughs) Disneyland does a few things I just don't really agree with. They use space. Well, thank God Galaxy's Edge is finally open because our Tomorrowland is kind of like a kiosk. You don't know what you're going to get sometimes, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. We have Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger, and our people mover is gone because they ruined the track. So there is like a Star Wars museum inside there. Mm-hmm. And where Captain EO used to be at, there's our, there's the empty theater, and they kind of like play previews for the next film. But I think that now Galaxy's Edge is open, they will try to create newer rides inside them. And I'm hoping, this is my hope as a future Imagineer that I'm claiming, is that they take Wreck-It Ralph too. you know, when they kind of travel to the internet. Mm-hmm. I hope they make a coaster in Tomorrowland like that and bring that. That would be kind of cool. And even if they did like partial with the track or partial like virtual reality, I think that would tie in perfectly. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of things that they kind of just like just need to just hold on. Galaxy Edge is open. Let's just figure out Tomorrowland real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, just... I think it was just announced that they got the approval for Marvel Land. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's in California Adventure, I believe. Okay, okay. Because they have started breaking ground for it. I see the, the star. Oh, okay. And it's right next to like Guardians ride. So okay, they makes... took away our Bugs, a Bugs Life Land. So. Right. We don't have that no more. I'm sorry. You have so many questions laid out for me. Let's get back to these questions. It's, it's okay. This is <laughs> this is the normal path. 
So, like, what you hear on the podcast is probably like two thirds of what's actually the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hit your questions. Though. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, because it's like some some people I've met and I've been able to like talk to, and some people I haven't met, and so like this is our first real conversation. So we just you know vibing. So it is what it is. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I, this and this is how I literally am in the park because you see me on Instagram. I just smile. But when you see me, I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, so I'm just like a ball of energy. And I will talk I will talk to anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of influencer you think you are. I'll talk to you. When I was sick, I couldn't do all this. So uh, well, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm giving you a better interview than I would have given you. <laughs> well, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we pushed it back then. So you are a true Disney fan. And yeah. do you have certain ways you like to express your fandom? You know, recently I like well, I like fashion. I don't got the money to like just go like just get new outfits every time. But even though when I do go to Disneyland, I make it my business. I will sit there and I put together outfits. Like this gotta be with this, this gotta be with that. And I'm not a Disney bounder. I wish I was. I'm try- I might get into it a little bit later. But I just try to have my own like fashion sense when I do go to the parks. But I recently started getting into buying the girls' mini ears because before. I wouldn't really wear them, and I went with my friends, and I had on this, like, really pink shirt that had, like, like ice cream, like, cones on it or popsicles on it. I said, I really want some ears to, like, kind of, like, go with this, and I bought the donut Minnie Mouse ears, and I was so afraid to wear it. It's a taboo to first see a black man really enjoying himself at Disneyland. It really is. But to put on those uh, Minnie Mouse ears, it was kind of a statement and people kept looking at me. It was really strange. And to some random, it was an older white woman and she came to me and she was like, you look really good in pink. It takes a lot for a, a man to really wear pink and you look good. And I was like, Whoa. from that point on, I just been buying girls ears because they're so much more fashionable. Like I love color. So that's my way of kind of expressing fandom and taking photos. I will stop a person like, Hey, Hey, Take a photo of me real quick and then go to the ride. Like yeah. The ride's not going nowhere, but this light is going somewhere. Okay. So I'm not much of an ear person, but I totally get how the ears can become addictive. Mm-hmm. And, um, they can. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I always thought it was interesting how more women will wear ears than men wear ears. And like people ask, oh, can my son wear ears? And I just thought, just wear them, you know? Like yeah like yeah it. so props to you for having the confidence and just doing it yeah now i like to go to the park and i must say if nobody stops me in the park and says i look good i'd be like i didn't do my job right so uh. <laughs> so like you know i make it my business to really find something that sticks out mm-hmm. i don't want to just be like the regular like you know let me just get some shorts and a t-shirt and i don't i i'm so like anal about not getting a t-shirt that everyone has already gotten Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, nope, I'm not getting that. And I, my friends buy me something. I'm like, well, let me just check and see what it is real quick. You know, because I just don't want to wear the same thing that everyone is wearing in the parks. And now that I've really gone more and more and I've been like really trying my outfits on, I will commit, even if I'm in pain, to that I leave that park. I'm like, nope, nope. These ears are staying on my head. Like when I went to Dapper Day, I was like, I wasn't like a full piece, like, you know, like, like a suit, like, you know, like, like in like my clothes. I committed to the end of the day and I even got on the Matterhorn in like my, like my good church clothes. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I was committed. So like, I, I really get serious about that, but I love, I love it though at the same time. Now I'm notorious for getting the locker. I don't mind getting the locker. I said, okay, we gonna commit to this outfit. I, I literally bring outfit changes to Disneyland. Yeah. I'm like, Erica knows. And she'd be really like, all right, is it time to change the outfit? I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, I love the originality. So that means that you have to come out with a line or something. You know, I would I would not be opposed to that. I love seeing like the homemade Disney stuff. Like I'm not, I think I saw one where it's like um you know like the Martin logo for the from the TV show mm-hmm. and somebody had put like matched it with Disney. I love seeing stuff like that. Like like putting like blackness in Disney. Um, I love that. That's that's the shirt I'm wearing in the logo for this podcast. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I knew I saw somewhere. I like didn't know where it was. I was like, somebody got it on, but it's good though. I love it. Yeah, so that was my idea. Thank you. Yes. See, like we did more stuff like that. That was when that was back when I thought I could be a designer. I'm like, yeah, no. I'll keep Uh, it. No, we'll see. But look, it's stuck in my mind though. So like that's the thing I like about it. Yeah. So yeah, I really pride myself in like really taking time to like pull my outfits together um and i've gotten so many more disney clothes and the best place i think to buy disney stuff is target hot topic and box lunch they have some really cool disney stuff yeah and they always are having sales because you know that's my middle name okay (laughs) i believe it (laughs) yeah we ain't gonna give them our whole paycheck (laughs) yeah no and that's that's also important that now a lot of my outfits i do Go to Marshalls. Marshalls, if you hear this, you should sponsor me, Marshalls. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, Marshalls is where I stay at because, like, I just find, like, some really good, so affordable stuff um, that I can, like, match with. And then, like, I might not even have any Disney clothing on, but the ears is what puts it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I, I look for the ears. So... You are a member of the LGBT community. Yep, yep. Is there a community within Disney? You know, there is. I am not so much in the community. I guess I'm more on like the, the, the color people color people side. You know, because right, right. this is a kind of um, unknown ground for me. Sometimes, like I am part of the community, and I love meeting people that are part of the community, and mostly kind of connect with them online or through Instagram. So I really, I guess, more so kind of fell into um, meeting people of color more so. Um, but I must say that Disney does welcome the LGBT community and embrace them uh, a lot. They really do. Like, you see it through the whole, because right now it is Pride Month, mm-hmm. and you see it all in the products and, like, you know, the color rainbow ears, and you see it in... I actually had the opportunity when I first was going to Disneyland earlier, like, um, in the fall. And there's this thing called, that animators do on Instagram called Inktober. Mm-hmm. And they try to draw, like, an ink drawing each day. So I was drawing a Disney Inktober each day. And when I went down there, I was, like, trying to take pictures with them. And eventually, I was kind of, like, giving them away. And there was um, a couple, um, uh, two women that were, just got engaged and I had a picture of the Cheshire Cat that I had drawn. And they said they loved the Cheshire Cat. And I gave them the the, fo- the gr- drawing that I, that I did. And they were just so appreciative. And it was like, we just appreciate it so much. And they said to me, this is the one place we can come 
and really feel like ourselves and feel like we have a voice and we're part of it. Because like I said, Disney is very musical theater. And you know, musical theater loves the gays, you know. <laughs> so they embrace them. And so and Ursula is nothing but a drag queen, you know, and it's just so many things and elements that has embraced the LGBT community. And even in my theater community and people that I talk to, they their first connection was with Disney. You know, they saw themselves, they sang the songs, you know, and I'm glad that the LGBT community has been embraced by it. And I do look forward to like, you know, maybe seeing them reflected in their animation, some kind of aspects, because I know that Cartoon Network has Steven Universe, which has like, you know, element of LGBT community in the cartoons. And maybe it might show up in the cartoons on Disney Channel um, someday, because I think they kind of had a piece of it inside Frozen, but it's still like progressing. I feel like it's very subtle in Disney, like mm-hmm. in Beauty and the Beast, it was like very subtle. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It wasn't there. Yeah. There's a series right now called Andy Mack. A character came out on the show. Um, So they're slowly starting to incorporate it. I think they're trying to, I guess, figure out how to do it. And honestly, I was hoping Aladdin. I was hoping that Genie was going to be a gay character. I Mm, I don't know. Like, I... So Will Smith wasn't the first person in my mind when I thought of the Genie for live action. Um, Right, right. And so, in my mind, it was Titus Burr. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> I would have loved that. <laughs> so, uh, like, maybe that's why I hate on <laughs> Aladdin so hard. <laughs> I'm like, I don't approve. So You know, I'm just saying there's something bigger and better for Titus coming up. That's why. Yeah, definitely. Know. Definitely. So, <clears throat> um, he, like, he's the genie to me, you know, if, if, I, would, if I were to pick one. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what I was hoping for, um, for Aladdin. But I think Disney is trying to figure out how to incorporate it. I, I mean, I just think just do it, you know, but I understand that it is a business and I'm sure there's a lot of loops that they have to go through or, yeah, you know, make sure the revenue is there, unfortunately, but I'm ready. I hope. The yeah, I think sometimes like the market, ready. like kind of dictates some of the decisions because like you, you they have a lot of supporters and fans in middle America that watch TV and sometimes they don't want to like it's a lot of politics yeah it comes to like stuff like that because you just even like Florida you like you know even though it's Disneyland like y'all got Trump in you know in certain areas and you know people it's it's a tough situation of what's what's good and what's not good but they still but going through the products that's a great way to just start because mm-hmm. you give the people an option of to kind of buying, find a way consuming. to consume. Yeah. Right. Wait, so question, do, are you, how do you feel about it being in products? Do you feel like it's a money grab? Do you feel like it is a way to show support? Oh, definitely. It's a money grab. Oh, child. Yeah. It's a money grab. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it, it is, but yeah, I think it is a support. You know, it really truly is. It's, right. it's a, I think it's a bit of both, you know, because okay. yet we said Disney is a business mm-hmm. and they have to like, you know, at the end of the day, people got to feed their families, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and But at the same time, they are still including. And when you include a community, we, we do want to keep supporting you. Right. And that's, a, I think, the beauty of Disney is that they've tried their 
their absolute best to keep moving with the times, which you mm-hmm. should, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you should support LGBT uh, and trans rights. Mm-hmm. You really should, you know, because these people embrace your product so much. They grew up with it. I grew up with it. You know, why not embrace me? You know, why not show that you have support for me? And, but I do wish even on this, on the social media side that they would embrace more LGBT people of color. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not a lot of us out. I mean, there are a lot of us out here, but not a lot of us are being represented right. in the spaces. And there, a lot of times that people who are being represented are of lighter skin, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the reality mm-hmm. that we live in in America, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's reality that just happens, you know, for it just to go off a tiny tangent. Like, I had a friend I worked with at my park, Great America, and she's currently at um, Shanghai Disney, and she's a typical blonde hair, um, Caucasian woman. And I had a few friends that all auditioned for all types of colors, but they didn't get it because they know that a lighter skin sells and makes people feel more comfortable in Shanghai Disney. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a reality that we just live in, you know? Yeah. But it's something we can still break down stereotypes, and we can still break down those walls. You know, and that can even happen in the LGBT community because I must say, even though it's it's a community that is supposed to embrace all, they don't all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I want people to understand that Mm -hmm. and to be allies within the community. Speak up for those and for people who are underserved. I cry out for everyone to just please do that. Love everybody. Just love people. Right, right. And I know as a, a Black man, a lot of times there is a lot more discrimination, stigma towards Black men. And it really, it frustrates me to no end. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm on the outside, you know, <laughs> completely on the outside. But I just would love to see, you know, more support for Black gay men, period, in any space, especially Disney. Right. I was telling one of the conversations that also started up uh, the movement that Erica's, you know, had was like saying like for for me, uh, my tag, like, you know, uh, a gay or LGBT uh, Disney account in my photos. And I see like the difference of likes mm. and traffic because mm-hmm. um, I, I hate saying this, but it's, it's reality that some photos I work hard for my photos, Jim. I'll tell you right now. I know. You okay. be cute. <laughs> I'd be like, give me them angles. But my friends, I'm going to give my friends the props. They give me angles. <laughs> and I, you know, and I put a lot of work and time into them. And then sometimes uh, Caucasian white male, the gay male, post a picture that's like just so blah. And they'll have like 400 likes compared to my 100 likes. And it's just the reality of light skin versus dark skin, black people versus white people. And I hate that. And I want to normalize it. And to that's why I think it's important for like accounts like Disney style to like include all types of colors so that you normalize it and you help new generations to see you are loved just as much as the other person, you know? Yeah. I feel you because when larger platforms do start to promote it and push and not just make it a fad, okay, it's June, so we're going to do it, five or 10 Mm -hmm. photos and we're happy, but 
all the time. Like keep that same energy all year round because it doesn't yeah. feel like a gimmick when you do it that way. It feels like a gimmick when it's only a certain time of the year that all of a sudden now you remember it. Oh, let's do this. If you're highlighting it, if it's more visible during that time of the year, that's totally fine. But let's have that continue even after that yeah. season's over so that it's not just something someone sees for a short period of time and then it's in the back of their head for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, that consistency, like, you know, just showing those faces and it's so important because I, I, like I said before, I really want people to know that Black people love Disney just as much as anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not a taboo. I, before I got my, my annual pass and everyone was just saying to me, my friends, some of my friends, oh, do you live there now? You go there so much. I'm like, yes, I do live there. I live on Main Street. I got my own apartment right next to Walt Disney's. Mm-hmm. And I love it just as much. Yep. Yeah. Got a problem with that? <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> Mind your business. You didn't pay for this pass. I paid for this pass. Thank you exactly. very much. Exactly. You worry about and... yourself. <laughs> Right, and I'm, I just want to spread joy through my photos. <laughs> so either you like it or you don't. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's not it's, for it's, them. It's for you. Right. It's for the people that you are trying to connect with that have that similar interest as you, the community that you are trying to build, the community that you are trying to connect with. So if you don't like me living at Disney, there is a mute function. And go yes. ahead and move on and do that and have and have a blessed day. Like, it is what it is. You ain't hurt nobody. I'm pretty sure all my happiness and my smiles are making you upset. Because you know <laughs> why? Because, like, you know what someone told me is that you will find ways and make ways to do things that you really like. And I think, for literally for me, Disneyland is therapy because life is hard. Mm-hmm. Life is challenging. And if I can, like, for at least two days out of the month, forget about all y'all and just have a good time, I'm going to do that. You know, and the lines don't bother me because I know I got, I got a fast pass. <laughs> Your max pass, right? You show up. <laughs> yeah, I sure do. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, it really is, you know. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, I mean, I don't talk much about what I do for a living, but I work in a very acute hospital setting and it it's a lot of high pressure there's a lot of stress from just the the clinical side with the patients and then there's a lot of stress just (laughs) being in that kind of setting and just being in a hospital all the time it's not fun you know I work with with young babies and it's not always it's never Mm -hmm. fun to see a sick baby and so I do enjoy going to the parks and seeing families. And I love actually love seeing families with children with special needs and them enjoying themselves and them having fun and them spending that time with each other. And that might be the only trip that the child can ever take. But right. being able to spend that time with each other and have that happy moment and have those happy memories, I really get a kick out of it. So sometimes I'm just staring at families, <laughs> you know, yeah. enjoying that and being happy that they are enjoying themselves and getting that moment. And so it yeah. is an escape. It is therapy. It is a beautiful experience that is great for people to be able to have. And so I don't understand why people judge because you never know. You never know how or why people are attracted to things the way they are and 
you know, like if it's bringing positivity to their life, if it's helping them pursue their happiness, I'm all for it. And bringing that kid element back, uh, there's probably a taboo back in the day where like, you know, you're an adult now and the only thing you like is going to the bar and getting a beer. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's changed so much now that adults grown up with the old VHSs and like, you know, and then we growing up, we want that nostalgic back in our lives. Right. You know, we want to go and experience to being a child again. Right. You know, because I'd be seeing grown people be just like, when they see Mickey Mouse, oh, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. <laughs> like, they ain't seen Mickey Mouse before in their life. Like, and like, to take that moment to like really tap into that childhood and that, that playfulness. You know, why not? Why don't you want to be happy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people may not have had a great childhood. Yeah. A lot of people may not even had time to be a child. Their families may not have been able to afford certain things. And so once they were able to afford it, now they're going to enjoy it. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. You, you know, being able to finally you know, experience things that you didn't get to experience before. And now you can do that with your children. You can do that with your loved ones. I yes. think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. And I feel like some people go out and buy yachts and some people go out, you know, people do I buy churros. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, why not buy annual pass? <laughs> why not? I said, I, this is my money. This is my graduation present to myself, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to keep it renewing it because, woo, this is raise the prices, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna do month to month from now on, and I have to freeze the account, right? Right, when it can't go, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put, you gotta make a special line item in the budget. You know, I have to choose rent over uh, Disneyland, you know. I thought so. you lived on Main Street. <laughs> Listen, rent is expensive on Main Street. They can kick me out. So I got to choose rent. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. No, I'm I'm huge on trying, like, getting your money right. Because I've made every money mistake possible. And so I'm, I encourage everyone, pay off them student loans if you got them. Mm. Get out of debt. And then enjoy Disney because, yeah, Disney ain't going to pay your bills. And and the only reason why I truly bought Pass because my father uh, was a veteran. Yeah. So it paid for my school. I, have, I praise God I have no college debt. Oh, so I said, okay. let me go ahead and get this Pass. Yes. Let's celebrate because I've been in school forever. Right. Um. So, but quick, quick question. Now, I must say the tickets for Disney World are pricey. When I went there to like buy merchandise and whatnot, I was like, "Oh, this is cheap," because California is like super expensive. Oh, so like going to buy things, it wasn't super duper expensive. Not only because the East Coast is probably different with like taxes and like pay rate. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so I know there's no. I want to say there's no state income tax in Florida, but I don't know about the sales tax. I'm sure it's probably not that high. Um, yeah, and- something I was like, I was like, oh, give me two of those. Because <laughs> <laughs> California, you'd be like, okay, give me one. I and half. Can I get on layaway? <laughs> yeah, like I gotta check my account before I buy these ears real quick. 
No, it's true. Yeah, I don't I don't buy that much merch. I have my go-to souvenirs for my kids. My son gets a car because he's obsessed with cars, so he gets some type of car when I go, and that's like eight ninety nine. And then okay. <laughs> and then my daughter gets a piece of jewelry because she's obsessed with jewelry, and that's like on average about twelve dollars. So I'm not really actually a big souvenir person. I'm very strategic. <laughs> A lot of times, souvenirs, it. yeah, they purchase well in advance, and then they magically show up on the pillowcase <laughs> when they wake up or when they get home. Someone, so. I forgot who I was listening to, but somebody had given great tips, and they were like, don't buy souvenirs necessarily from the park. Go to, like, Disney store or, like, and get them there, and then try to get one thing so that way you don't feel pressure to keep buying more souvenirs in the park yes all right that was a good idea yeah and one thing i do if i go somewhere disneyland and like i like friends like give me something from disneyland i go right to the cvs right next to disneyland because they got the same kind of products they won't know the difference yes (laughs) yes there's a target right by disney world um they got all the stuff um i will go to like well before i even go down there i'll go to dollar tree and get all like the mm-hmm. the sparklers, whatever the glow in the dark stuff. Yes, so for the fireworks. Though I'm not getting you none. I'm not getting you none of them balloons or nothing. You gonna get the yes. <laughs> glow in the dark. I tell you what. One. Go around. That's right. Go around to the surrounding. Yeah, stores, I go to Party City. I get those mm-hmm. buckets and the little dollar like uh, trinkets. And then when we go, so when we go to like Disney Springs, then okay. I'll let my daughter pick out a piece of jewelry. And then usually Hollywood Studios has the best, like, cars. I don't know why. But I would go to Hollywood Studios, and I'll let my son pick out a car. And so they got to pick out one thing, and that's it. And then I might get a popcorn bucket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I just keep getting, like, ears. That's all I'll get. Yeah. Because I can't keep piling up stuff right. in my, uh, my apartment. Right. Uh-huh. That's another thing. Yeah, you got I it. love seeing the new buckets, and I'm like, oh, I would love that. But I said, no, wait a minute. Okay, we can't be a hoarder. Right, right. <laughs> I know. So I've been on a bucket break, but the Lion King bucket just came out, and I'm yeah, gonna need go that. for it. I'm going to need that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it better still be there in the summer. And if not, I'm going to have to find a hookup, but I need that bucket for sure. That's on my list. So I'm going to have to hit up eBay. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, um, but <laughs> let's get back. <laughs> yeah, sorry. See that how I just go off ten, Lord it's Jesus. Okay, it's okay. What do you think Disney can do better about representation of the Black community, the POC community, the LGBT community, um, or all the above? Putting more faces out there, representation, hiring people in the casting room to the executive room, you know people of color so that way you have people who have experience in those communities you know like i said i would love to see more um i would love to see a new cartoon like i was on the the same level as proud family coming out you know so that people can see themselves and uh normalizing people of color in these spaces um I, that's why I always love seeing more of that. And they do a pretty good job, you know, hiring entertainment of all people of color, you know, but I want to see more storylines starting from the studios because the studios is where all like 
trickles down from um, once you have in those movies and those movies turn into products, those products turn into rides, those rides turn into experiences, you know? So, um, and I love seeing black women, you know, just out there because Beyonce said it best. The most disrespected person in this planet is the black woman. And I believe that wholeheartedly, you know, and putting her up there on the pedestal, putting them like putting those people with their faces on there and like on the Instagrams, you know, and just showing them off and their beauty, you know, I just, I love seeing that, you know? Yeah. And to be, and for me, I must say it's the people to, I don't think people, I'm not like, you know, a hotep. I, to be pro black doesn't mean I'm not pro, you know, other ethnicities. I just love where I come from, which everyone should do. They should love who they are um, and their culture, you know? Right, right. And they shouldn't feel ashamed to Mm -mm. be proud of who they are. And I think that's the whole thing. Like, the Proud family, they're proud of who they are, you know? And all their craziness. Exactly. It's okay to be from this family. It's okay to have this culture. It's okay to be this way. And it's okay for you to be from where you are and, and, you know, and be who you are, but let let me be able to see me in a positive light and and be able to share that with children and my family and others. Yeah. And when you when you put those stories and those shine light on those people, you don't know how amazing they can be. I think the most um incredible Disney Channel show to this day and still will, will remain is that so Raven. You know, and to see that this black girl and her friends, and that show was hot. You know, mm-hmm. Hamilton did, did really well too, but that show was hot. That show was everything, and now it's a spinoff show. And I think the kids are amazing on that show. I love seeing the new um, stuff that Disney puts out there on their channels. Um, and I'm not that kind of old person that's like knocking like oh it's not like the old days i'm like it shouldn't be like it really shouldn't like they just keep regressing and then also remember because people are hardcore like disney fans like i don't like this storyline you know because i like i said my animator i said look first of all it wasn't made for you right it was made for that five-year-old so calm down mm-hmm. <laughs> calm it down you know <laughs> these are first they're made for children and I just, so I never come with like a very critical mind. And that's why I said, I don't care if something gets taken out of Disneyland. I love seeing something progress because it's not for my generation, it's for the next generation. And it should always be that way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I can't wait for my kids to be old enough to like really appreciate the, the Disney Channel shows because I mean, the vault is amazing, and when Disney Plus comes out, it's oh, oh, they don't have to earn them TV time because <laughs> I'm gonna be in a hole somewhere, June. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna have all the popcorn buckets filled because it's gonna be on like <laughs> crazy. But uh, listen, yeah, I agree. I look forward to that, and I and it it is so important because just like you were saying, how in Shanghai, uh, Disney you know, people felt more comfortable with, with fair skin. There was a, a interview that came out that, you know, they interviewed some 
um, individuals who had watched Black Panther and I believe it was in China. And mm-hmm. they were commenting, oh, I didn't know that Black people could be superheroes. I didn't think that, you know, Black people were, like, I always had negative opinions of Black people. And after watching Black Panther, um, my opinions changed. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because that's what they only were shown. That's all they were shown in the media. It was these negative depictions of, of Black people. And, and after just seeing this one movie, it helped them change their perspective or even, mm-hmm. you know, rethink everything that they've seen. And so yeah. it is very important. It, it is so important. And for a vehicle as large and as far-reaching as Disney to you know, take the mantle and to spread these positive images, I think is really, is really helpful. And it's, it's really great for the community. I don't think people realize how important media is. Yeah. How influential it is. Like uh, literally in World War II, propaganda was a, a thing to, to skew the minds of the country. And even Disney was a part of it because they had some Donald Duck cartoons that about World War II. And you don't realize. So you can, it's scary, but you can manipulate how people think. But how can we use it for a positive, for a positive thing? How can we manipulate people in a positive way to love each other and to break down those walls? Because Black Panther was one of the highest grossing films. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can be in those spaces. We can do it. You know, um, anyone can do it. You know, I, that's why I, I would love to see more and more of it. Yeah, and just making it like normalizing it. Like this is everyday yes. life. It's this is a show just about a family and their everyday life and the antics. Like that's why I love Blackish. Like, oh, Blackish is so good. It's oh my god, it's it's amazing, and is the show wins awards every season and it deserves it because it is just it's normalizing families black families and everyday life and and that that's that's the truth of it you know people mm-hmm. we are people <laughs> at the end of the that's day a, that's why i think disney is is winning you know yeah. disney's winning with blackish like that that show is really great and i love grownish oh um, yeah cuz i'm like i'm, I like I'm, too college, old to I'm watch like it, girl but... I, I said, listen, the stories I could tell in college, you know, and then like I look forward to what uh, the next one. I don't know, it's called Mixed Dish. Yes. Oh Rainbow my Blight. gosh. That, I'm so ready for this show. That looks like it's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to that. It's, it, you know, that's where I think Disney is winning, yeah. you know, um, introducing shows like that. And that's not necessarily Disney Channel, but, you know, it's well, Disney owns half of the network. Of, of life so but like that's <laughs> that's a positive show that is being seen you know and talking about these topics mm-hmm. you know keep it going disney keep it up yes. yeah we we see you and we love it yeah and even mm-hmm. um, yes fresh off the boat i don't know if you you watch that show. oh yeah i kind of fell off but like when i was watching that, i was like oh this is good yeah yes. oh that's like that was like my binge watching <laughs> I loved it. That mother was so it. funny. Oh, she's so funny. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm going to let us wrap up because we're into hour number two. I know. <laughs> yes. So 
So what is your favorite Disney moment or memory? Uh, my favorite moment, I believe, was in California Adventure a long time ago when my family went. And there's like an old doo-wop pop-pop group. I don't know what to call them. You know, a 50s group. And my dad, I get, I think I get most of my singing from my father's side. Um, but my mom can hold a tune. I'm going to get her some credit. <laughs> um, but like they had some some old song. I don't even know the name of the song. And my dad was just like, you know, singing along a little bit with them. And then they had like waved to my dad. And mind you, they're all like in the same age range. Like, you know, I have older parents. Um, and my dad got up there and did a whole verse. Mm. And a whole crowd just like kind of wrapped around and was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, how dare my father sing in Disneyland before I do? But... <laughs> But that was an amazing moment. I don't know where that video was at. So if I ever find that, that was a, an amazing moment that I would love to show my, my children someday. Like, look at this is your grandfather. And he was singing in Disney, California, or California Adventure. And I was like, wow. Wow. Oh, boy. So he has one up on you. Yeah. Uh-uh. I got it. Okay. So we got to go ahead, go ahead and apply and get a job. And I've actually, I really, I've tried to apply for Disney I went down to audition and I got turned away because I was actually at a Hamilton audition and that was running long and I got to Disneyland audition and it was like sorry we are full for the day mm. so I'm not giving up but everything happens in God's timing so I'm not giving up if I get there I get there if I don't I don't but something good's gonna come exactly exactly positivity mm. <laughs> and I'm second like that I stand in agreement with you Yep. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, this is me, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so what is one thing about yourself that you would um want everyone to know? Um, I want you to know uh, if you do see me in the park, please say hi because I'm gonna say hi to you first. You know, I'm really a friendly person. I, I really try to be and I want you to know that you will know my name someday <laughs> in some kind of capacity because I'm going to make something happen. I don't know what it is, but something's going to happen where either I'm like an advocate for black animators or I'm doing some more stuff in entertainment or I'm behind the scenes. I'm going, I'm here to like help the next generation. That's my goal, you know, and I want to include people along the journey. You know, so but if you see me in the park, say hi. Really, I I'm, I would love meeting new people, and I'll probably talk to you for like a good twenty minutes, like make you miss your make you miss your, um, your fast pass. So <laughs> that's all right. Get another one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, I'm ready for you to help raise my children. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, this has been amazing, Eddie. Thank you yes. so, so much for taking the time out and talking to me. And oh my gosh, this is this has just been so beautiful. And yeah, oh, I, I, I was like, I have to be on June's podcast. Uh, I just, I, I think I've been listening every episode, and I don't remember everyone's name, but I just love, uh, of course, Dom and uh, Bippity Boppity Broke and like. I can't remember everyone's name. I'm so sorry y'all called me out. But um, the one to like, uh, she uh, designs or she does Disney bounding and, and Erica. Like, mm -hmm. if y'all see me, please say hi to me. 
I will say hi to you. Let's connect. Let's do some things. Let's be black and beautiful. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've gone through a lot of West Coasters lately, so you definitely yes. have a good uh, list of people to to meet up with now. And the East Coast are coming sometime soon. I swear I am. But, but that's the whole point. It's to get to know each other um, and to to make this community, you know, f- help find each other, to make us, you know, find a way to connect and, and relate and to build and grow with each other so we can find a little a little family, a little yes. Disney family. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm so happy everyone's finding each other and connecting. It's making my little heart proud. <laughs> you, you, and you're helping that. Thank you, June, for having this podcast so that we can hear each other's stories and like connect with each other. Because I, I feel like I know everyone that's been on your show, even though I haven't met them. I'm just like you know, I just know them like in Disney spirit. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so if people want to get to know more about you, um, where can they find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on my Instagram and it's timeless underscore Disney. I know it's not spelled that way, but that was because that was my MySpace name. <laughs> but it's T-I-M-3 L-E-S-Z underscore Disney. Um, that's where I do all my Disney stuff. I'm not really too active on Facebook. Um, but you can catch me on there. Um, I don't post all the time because I said I'm in the Bay Area, so I do not get opportunity to be in Disneyland all the time. But when my but when I'm at Disneyland, oh, check me out! It's gonna, it's gonna be a good story. I'll make you laugh. Then I will definitely link that into the show notes so that everyone can get to see more of you. And is your animation uh, projects on your Instagram page? Um, I took it down for a minute, but I'm going to relink it back to my page. So it'll be up there um, sometime soon. So look out for that. Um, and also, if you are listening to this and you're like in California or in the Bay Area, I'm going to give myself a little plug. I will be in uh, the cast of Cinderella um, this summer. So if you are kind of in the area of like, you know, San Jose or whatever, come check out that place. It's going to be amazing and um come by great america i know it's not disneyland but come by great america i'll be there singing and dancing making my way to the town awesome so where's the cinderella show going to be that'll be at foothill college in los gatos okay and then that's and this is the roger hammerstein like the like the brandy version so and i'm playing the prince okay so come through because i want to see some some colorful faces inside the audience and i want to say hi to you i always say hi to after all my shows like i'm that kind of person like thank you for coming i appreciate you You didn't have to do it but you did (laughs) so So that's great yeah so that would be amazing so you guys whoever's out in the area definitely go see eddie yeah that's july 18th through august 14th there we go july 18th through august 4th there you go perfect and thank you once again for being on the show. Thank and you, June. This has been this has been awesome. I really enjoyed this conversation. I've been smiling this whole time. <laughs> so <job>. good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm so grateful for um, you feeling better and you being able to be on the show. 
Um, yes. Thank you so much. God raised me up just on top of Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> you better live your best life out there because I'm going to be watching. Listen, listen I, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be published in time for my trip, but if so, check out my story. I will try my best to like just show out for Galaxy's Edge. Yes, yes, definitely. We'll be staying tuned. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You've just heard my conversation with Eddie. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. If you never heard of Floyd Norman, Frank Abney, Peter Ramsey, or Bruce Smith, they are definitely worth researching as they probably shaped you and your children's childhoods. I've linked their IMDb pages in the show notes so you can check out their resumes and they are extensive. If you're in the Bay Area this summer, please go see Eddie perform. He'll be in a production of Cinderella. He'll also be at the Great America theme park. And say hi to him if you see him in the park. The POC-owned small business for this episode is Ainan Boutique. It is an online boutique owned by Lisa Lovely that features Disney-inspired items and has a weekly live sale. You can check out their stuff on Instagram at I-N-O-N underscore B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E. They're also on Facebook under the same name. And I've linked her page in the show notes. And as always, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast with all of your friends And also be sure to join the Afros and Pixie Dust Facebook group so we can talk more about this amazing episode. So until next time, never stop deep conditioning or pursuing your happiness.